Welcome to A Dummy's Guide to Geekdom, the show that tries to give everyone a crash course on geek culture. Whether you're trying to understand some trends and know enough to start a conversation with a friend, or you just want to know what the hell someone is talking about, we are here for you. I am your super dummy, Paul, and I am joined by the lovely man from across the pond. It is Mr. Matt B. Lloyd. How are you, sir? Hey, Paul. I'm doing good today. Thanks, man. Good. Now, I'm going to put it out there straight away. Of all the things that people may have guessed <laughs> that my American friend who loves his comic books would have come on to talk about, I'm not sure that they would have picked this one. Would you like to tell the people at home what you are here to talk about? Um, Inspector Morse, the British detective series starring John Thaw. I mean, just yes. What an amazing show. <laughs> but it's a slight surprise that, because um, this, was, this wasn't even me arm wrestling you into doing this. This was like your first, I love this, let's do this. So what's your history with the show? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I guess, uh, you know, over here we have uh, public television, which is not the same as the regular three networks that produce most of the shows that, you know, folks in other countries know American television for. It's actually a a public television uh, conglomerate that, you know, has some of their own local programming and stuff, but at the same time imports uh, a lot of British television for uh, – for American audiences. So, you know, the first time I probably saw Monty Python was as a kid on uh, on PBS or MTV. I think that was on MTV. That might not have actually been on uh, PBS. But, well, you know, gosh, you know, going back to the 70s shows like uh, Upstairs, Downstairs and Faulty Towers. Uh, wow. I know all those things were on when I was little and my wife comes from the same sort of PBS television thing and uh, something she had seen her parents watch when she was younger was uh, I say younger, but it couldn't be had to really have watched that later on because she did. I was, well, I guess she was still in high school. I was almost out of high school when more started. So um, I didn't actually start watching it until she and I met and were married and all that. Oh gosh, we used to watch uh, uh, Black Adder, um, <laughs> Red Dwarf, My Hero, um, uh, a show called Chef with comedian Lenny Henry. Um, lots of British shows we watched when we were first married. And um, she brought me on to the, the Inspector Moore series because she thought I would like uh, the academic nature of a lot of the uh the mysteries the uh, the art and the music and those kind of things you know i have a master's in art history so it's not just like oh i like art it's like one of there'll be some clue from some art thing i'd be like oh yeah yeah that was so and so i remember that you know so those kind of connections made it more interesting for me and and over time i really uh got to enjoy the relationships between the uh the main characters and it's it's a thing like i can't i really can't separate inspector morris from the sequel you know inspector lewis or the or spinoff or whatever you want to call it or the mm. prequel that's currently uh in between its last two seasons uh endeavor which explores morse's uh early part of his life uh with the police so i, I think of it all as one big thing and so we've watched them all and 
I've actually been recently rewatching the uh, the Morse stuff, so that's why it was on my mind when you uh, when you contacted me about stuff to do. So that's kind of how yeah. I got there with that. But it's it's a it's a weird thing. We watch a lot of British TV. Probably watch more British TV than we do American TV. <laughs> there's a good chance you watch more british tv than i do with that (laughs) that is that's that's possible (laughs) brilliant so inspector morse why don't you give us a rundown what is inspector morse all about well it's a it's a british detective series uh and the main character his name is uh morris he doesn't like to give his first name we will find out later on it's endeavor uh but he usually just says his name is morris and people just have to suck mm-hmm. it up uh his his bag man his uh his sergeant is uh, robbie lewis and they investigate murders in and around oxford england as part of the thames valley constabulary and uh it is a episodic series so each each, each episode is self-contained. Their episodes are about 100 minutes each, so it's almost like getting a, a, mo- a movie every, every episode. There mm-hmm. are 33 episodes uh, in total that were produced between 1987 and 2000. Yeah. Just the way the British TV likes to run. We have, um, we have many seasons, but those many seasons only have half a dozen episodes in each. Or less. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> Yeah, because this is, I mean, it, it even surprised me, to be honest, how long it had been um, running for. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, it's one of, especially with reruns, you kind of lose track of how long something has been going on for. Yes. Um, but it's a good old run. Well, it's a long run with 33 episodes, it, you know, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> well, I think when you think about each episode being like a movie, I mean, that's mm, 33 true. movies they did together. You know, that's a lot. Yeah, that is true. That's a lot. Yeah. That's not just, you know, 33, 20 minute, 22 minute sitcom episodes. You know, mm. even if you take it as an hour episode, like a, a drama over here is usually an hour, you know, you have to tack on another, another 15 episodes for, to, to match it. So, and, you know, an ep- a season over here can be, you know, 20, 25, 26, 27, 28 episodes. So mm. it doesn't sound like a lot when and compare, think about it like that. But when you think about making four or five movies for a season, I mean, that's, that's quite a bit of work. Yeah. No, that is a fair point. It is, it is quite the undertaking. And it does, it does go a long way to show why they built up such a big relationship and it became such an integral part of the show, the relationship between the two main characters, as you say, Mawson Lewis played by John Thor and Kevin Whiteley. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. The, it was all about the main thing really was about their relationship and how that built. Yeah. It, it starts out, you know, and it's something that builds over time. It takes, it takes time for them to, to figure each other out and by the end you know there's a, a genuine affection you know for between the two and that's something that carries over into the lewis show is that you can see how lewis is still affected by things that remind him of morse and and that mm. kind of thing so it's, it's not just a simple oh yeah i work with that guy for you know 
10 years, you know, I've worked with a lot of people for 10 years, but you know, they have a real, a real complex as well as positive relationship. It's, it's not, you know, you know, Morris doesn't always play well with others. He, uh, he can be difficult at times, even, even with Lewis. That's certainly true. He's, um, yeah, complex is definitely the word. There's a lot of layers to his character. I think that's one of the things that's interesting to see with uh, the Endeavor series is the uh, the way they're going back to Morse, the Morse series, to pick things up. They're going to develop and try to show how he gets to a spot or how some of his personal habits develop over the years and how they've affected him to where when you if you go back and watch inspector morse you go oh oh wow oh oh he's doing that thing he's doing that thing wow you know it's it's really it's clever it's really good it's uh it's it's just the kind of thing my uh, my nerd brain enjoys <laughs> yeah this is definitely a show for the nerd brain i think i think that's that sums it up quite nicely there's there is a lot to each episode like it's not just your yes it's a detective show but it's not just your run of the mill you know we're chasing the killer run after the killer we caught the killer hooray <laughs> yeah there's so much there's so much more involved either even even the uh i know they spend so much time trying to even develop the um uh, the suspects in the series you know it's mm. uh you really don't know who did it. I mean, they give you, it's almost like a fair play mystery and they, they give you, you know, three, four, five people that could have done it. And you're kind of working through the, the motives and the opportunity with them so that if you kind of put the pieces together, you can figure it out too. You may not have mm -hmm. that, you know, knowledge of esoterica that Morse does to be able to go, Oh, you know, in, 1620 this happened and that's what this is a reference to blah 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 you know so but sometimes you do know those things and that's why it's even more exciting hmm. so i was wondering to give people sort of an idea of how the show kind of works i was wondering if there's like a particular favorite episode of yours or one that sticks out in your mind that you might sort of explain why and how it works um or is that putting you on the spot too much <laughs> no um i i can think of well i mean the very last episode is a very moving episode no spoilers mm. but we'll just say it's a real moving episode but um a couple of weeks ago i was watching which one was it called um i think it's called the last exit or something like that and it uh it picks up on uh, it's a, is that the right one? Maybe it's not that. I don't, that might not be it. Anyways, it's the one where uh, Lewis has to play cricket as part of oh, yes. being undercover. I remember, I'm not sure what that's called, but in there, I, I think, uh, you know, you've got, I think it is the last exit and it's like Morris has, there's an old friend from college and um, he gets killed and then you know, there's always multiple murders, three or four. And uh, part of the thing is he's got to put Lewis undercover 
as a cricket player to find out what's going on with this cricket, with this, this murder who is involved with a cricket team and stuff. And uh, well, it, it just, it, it's all the smaller moments. It's like uh, the, the, the corner at this point is, uh, is the Dr. Grayling Russell character. And she's only been around for a couple episodes at this point. And so Morse, who's always been unlucky, to say the least, in his romantic entanglements, is uh is like attracted and he's he's saying the wrong thing. He's he's acting like a 50-year-old man, you know, uh talking to somebody that's 20 years younger than him. And obviously that's kind of weird. But then he doesn't even he doesn't even know how to approach her in a way that she's going to be receptive. And so there's awkward moments. And at the same time, he's also kind of hitting on one of the widows that died. And there's this other lady that he that is uh, involved in the case that he seems to be attracted to. It's all sort of everywhere. And it just plays real subtly with Morse's character and what he's like and how much he struggles to, I guess, fit in into a world he doesn't really seem to fit in with. Um, mm. I had a, I had a thought that in today's world, I think we might wonder if he was somewhere on the autism spectrum. As brilliant as he is with some of his stuff, he is really difficult for him to uh, uh, interact with other people. Sometimes he doesn't know the right thing to say. Mm. He uh, he often not only says the wrong thing, but says it in a way that's very, it can be very offensive. Um, and I don't think it was intended, you know, originally to be like that, but I think looking back, is that kind of what uh, they were writing for the character, that, that kind of character, we just didn't see it maybe with the same, uh, the same lens as we would now with our uh, awareness of things like, you know, autism. Mm. yeah no that's a fair point actually thinking about it you could be right there because he is they're not afraid in the show to show him he is very smart he he's very good at what he does but they're not afraid to show his flaws and they're not afraid to show that he gets things wrong sometimes and that he does bumble through every now and then like they're completely okay with showing the fact that he is human he's going to get some stuff wrong and he's going to have his flaws. Yeah, there are a number of times when he, he thinks he's figured it out, and then he realizes there's something wrong, there's something missing, but he doesn't know what it is, and he'll, he'll be moving forward with you know, what he thinks has happened, and then something else will happen, and he'll be like, no, I got it wrong. It was this. That was not even related at all. You know, it was just a coincidence or something. You know, That does happen. Yeah, yeah he, he's... he's that's probably one of the things that makes it so uh, so interesting is that he's not just human, but he's fallibly human, and not he's not mundanely human. He's fallibly human. You know what I mean? Like mm. he does mess up, like you said, and they're not afraid to show that. And I, I'm going to guess that I haven't read any of the books that it's based on, but I'm going to guess that's how it's written, how he's written in the, in the original novels. Yeah. No, I was going to ask that because, yeah, um, we should say that it's based on books by Colin Dexter. Yes. Um, and, yeah, I haven't read any of them either, but it would be interesting to see how 
how much of the character they've taken from the books, how much they've developed themselves. Um, because it is, oh, he's, there's just, oh, I keep going to keep saying it, he's just an amazing character and the relationships and there's so much depth to it. There's no surprise it lasted how long it did. Right, right. And that it has spun multi- other other series that are still mm. playing in that world. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, there's, there's so, they've put so many threads through, as you say, like there's so much there that you can pick up on and expand further and you can do this, that, and the other with is there's just so much there. Like it, like the normal world would, you know, (laughs) you you walk through life. It's not the whole world isn't focused on you. There's all these things going on in the background. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Basically it's just a great show. Go watch it. People. (laughs) (laughs) It it really is. It's a, it's, I don't know. What, what did I see that uh, I know this is a question you're probably going to ask later, but um, in 2018, the series was named the greatest British crime drama of all time by radio times readers. Oh, there you go. And in 2000, the series was ranked 42 on the 100 greatest British television programs compiled by the British film Institute. Oh, wow. Blimey. That is good going. I was going to say, especially with um, crime shows, because we do love a crime show. Yes, on British TV, <laughs> and and you love them in the Oxford area. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I want to live around there because apparently a lot of people die. Apparently, you know, probably you know the entire population of Oxford has has been murdered in the uh, in the over the last uh, forty years of British television. So, yeah, just like Midsummer, never moved to Midsummer. No, no. But thankfully, some of those places are uh, most of those places are are fictional so they're not real yes whereas whereas <laughs> whereas oxford's a real place <laughs> yeah absolutely and apparently it's just full of murderers <laughs> and philandering dons <laughs> so how do you think it's stood the test of time do you think it's especially as you say you've been re-watching it do you think it are there any times you look at it and think, oh, that hasn't aged well, or you know, that these days it would have been done better? Um I I think there are times when you see portrayals of people that you go, well, they probably wouldn't do that now. Um, or have a character speak mm. a certain way or act a certain way that may be, you know, stereotypical for the time. Uh or you know, that fit in with the, uh, the way people were portrayed then. Uh, and I think those things can stand out at times, but on the other hand, the actual like mysteries and the, the different things they, they get into and have to uncover and solve and decipher are all, uh, are all clever. They all, they're all still, well well put together mysteries there it's never like a uh i don't know like you watch something maybe from the 40s and you're like oh well it's well they did it that's obvious you know (laughs) you know there's sometimes you see a a a murder mystery where it's not hard to figure out who did it you know or it's just not very compelling whereas these are uh always compelling just like um agatha christie stuff those those stories Mm no matter when they're set, you know, the actual mystery itself maintains uh, uh, 
a, a level of, of intricateness that is that remains uh, compelling to, to this day, even to a modern reader. Same, same sort of thing. I think they put a lot of effort and work into figuring those kinds of things out and how to, uh, and you know, like the character thing we were talking about, the character bits are, are well done so that it, it does have that more modern feel. They don't feel like wooden stick figure characters, um, mm. which in some older shows, you know, you can get that sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's very true. Yeah, I just on the um, you know sometimes you always know who is it to ruin any crime show, especially modern ones for people. If you're watching a crime show and you recognise one of the actors and they're not part of the main cast, <laughs> they did it. I'm sorry, but they did it. Um, just to ruin CSI for everyone in particular. Well, well, my wife and I have this joke about a. Uh about james wilby and you knew james wilby the british actor james wilby i'm terrible with names let me quickly google him and then i can see his picture <laughs> while you're googling him i will just say that if he shows up he's the killer he is always the killer and he's usually a creepy killer too he's not just like oh yeah he's the bad guy he's like no he's like a really nasty bad guy oh yeah yeah he did it <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. He he's actually in an episode of Lewis and an episode of Morse. Oh, really? So we saw the episode. He was on Morse. We were like, "Oh no, <laughs> he's gonna be the bad guy!" And we were like, "How are they gonna make him the bad guy? He's you know, he's the assistant chief constable. How is he gonna be?" And we're like, "Oh no, it's gonna be really bad." <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> uh. So for people, if anyone's out there thinking, oh, we should, we should maybe watch this. Is this a, is this a show you can watch with the family? Is it, can kids watch it? Is it older kids? What would you say? I would say older kids. There's enough uh, sexual, I don't want to say deviance. That's not what I mean. I just mean, you know, crimes with Sex, sex motives. That's one of the things right. he always says. It's always sex. It's sex. It's love. You know, it's that's one of his go-tos as for why people murder. Um, so, if you don't want your little kids hearing about, you know, the Flandering Oxford Don and the, you know, the co-ed, you know, you don't want to. What are you talking? You know what I mean? It's just I don't know. I would, yeah. I would say, you know, teens and up is fine. You know, yeah. maybe. 12 i don't know i can't remember what it's like to be 12 it's been a long time <laughs> i even had a 12 year old in my house for seven years i don't even know what that's like <laughs> <laughs> i i think though it's not really a fast-paced action show either so i don't know that um it's going to appeal to i think it appeals to an older audience almost because of that because it's much more cerebral and academic in ways and it's uh mm. it's the connections it makes are very uh you know could either be obscure or just you know very niche uh and and those kinds of things that it's not it's not going to necessarily have a huge appeal but i guess it does have a huge appeal because it was it did so well but i think it ends up being having that appeal i think because of the characters and the way they're developed over time and i think by the end of the series you know you understand 
the complexities of relationships and friendships and why you are friends with someone. It doesn't mean that you just think they're always just the greatest person in the world. Gosh, you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it, it involves all that complexity and, and, and friendship as well as, you know, all the interesting mystery stuff that, hmm. I mean, it, I guess I feel like with more sometimes like everything seems new, like, like there's nothing. I don't feel like I've ever seen that mystery before. I mean, sure. We're going to go to the Bodleian library, you know, probably once a, uh, once a season, you know, we're going to, you know, have at least one Oxford Don implicated in once a season, but it's always the motives, the actual stories. They put so much into the backstories and the actual story that the murder has taken place in you know, because they're really, you know, Lewis and, and Morris are going into these people's lives and picking through all their stuff that's going on. And that's what's really ends up being detailed and developed that makes the, the stories believable and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you don't have all that, that there you don't have a that's the story, even though we're we're, you know, enjoying Morris, Morris and Lewis, it's that's the story that surrounds the murder murderers plural usually um itself that requires so much effort to seem plausible and uh realistic on some level you know i mean there's Mm. some stories you know we've read in our our comic books uh that just don't it's like there's no real world uh you know way for this to happen and you just kind of shrug it off and move along with what you like about it. But these really have that feeling. You know, you can imagine a group of, you know, friends in college 20 years ago having had a, a drunken night and something terrible happened. And, you know, 20 years later, it rears its head again. And you can, you can imagine that happening. You can believe that. Hmm. So those kinds of things are always... I don't know that those lend the credibility to the show. I think that they do such a good job of uh, portraying those aspects. Yeah. Yes. It's much, there's much of a detective show. It's as much an exploration in humanity and characters and sort of people more than anything. And that's, that's timeless. You know, people are always people. Yes. (laughs) So if, if you're delving into their brains, that's always going to always going to sort of speak to you. And, and I wonder if this is sort of the first series to sort of do this sort of thing, because obviously I have watched a number of other British detective shows uh, outside of Morse and Lewis and Endeavor. You mentioned Midsummer Murders. I can't say that I've seen all of those. But I've seen quite a few, um, mm. but they now all sort of, are able to do this same sort of thing in their shows. Um, yeah. uh, the uh, what do we what do we just watch? Uh, Unburied, you know that one about the cold cases mm-hmm. with Nicola Walker. She has a new one called Annika that takes place in like the maritime police in Scotland. Uh, oh yeah. That, that only had one season so far, but that was good. Um, I think a lot of credit has to be given to uh, the actors sometimes that play these roles. Uh, hmm. John, John Thawne, Kevin, did you say Waitley? Because I, I was like, uh, was it Waitley? Is that the right way to pronounce that? 
That's I don't know if it's the right yeah, way. That's just the way I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know those two guys, and then Sean Evans in the uh, uh, in the uh, in Endeavor. You know there there's a lot of they're doing a lot of work. They're they're really putting their chops in in making these characters feel real and not just and and bringing across that complexity that's in the writing and their performances as well. Absolutely agree. Basically everyone just go and watch it. Yeah, you should. You'll you'll be happy you did. Yeah, absolutely. Um over in the UK it can be found on the ITV hub because it is an ITV thing and it is rerun everywhere on ITV. ITV 1 2 3 and 4. <laughs> Whenever you want, it's probably on there somewhere. Um, do you know if it's available anywhere online in the US? Well, I do, because that's how I've been watching it recently. Ah. Believe it or not, it is actually on YouTube. Oh, is it? It is on YouTube. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't know how they managed to do that kind of thing, but I'm so glad they did. Um, you put in Inspector Morrison, it'll come up. Now, I will say there was a really interesting episode. I, I Well, really, it was... In episode what was really interesting about it was it was oddly enough had dutch subtitles it was in english but it had dutch subtitles interesting so there you go so if you're interested Watch in, it and learn some dutch yes it did i i had taken <laughs> i had had one of those dutch uh you know learn dutch before you go to the netherlands uh <laughs> cds that i listened to back in the summer for just because i'm do fun things like that and uh <laughs> It was really interesting to to hear the words, or not to hear the words, but to have heard some, have heard words, and then read along, know what the English was, and be able to go, oh, I get it, I get it, you know? It was neat. It was neat. There you go. So all sorts of lessons to be had. Brilliant. Well, I think that about sums it up. I, as I say, just go and watch it. If that doesn't make you want to watch it, and then it's just not for you, really. Um, Yeah. Brilliant. Matt, thank you so much. You're welcome, sir. You're welcome. Thank you for this um for this wonderful trip down British detective TV history. It took me by surprise, but I am so glad you said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad you enjoyed doing this one. I uh I I I was I, I, I suggested it, you know, not I won't say jokingly, but I would have understood if you were like, no, no, what are you talking? No, let's not do that. But to me, it's a different kind of nerdiness and, and geekiness that that attracts me to this this uh, mm. this series and and in fact, Lewis and Endeavor as well. And so, yeah, I mean, like you said at the beginning, there's so much in the show that, like you say, your art your art background, you can pick up on different things. There is like, I mean, we can't do his character justice, but there are so many levels to his characters. He's into so many different things that he talks about in the show. If you are a nerdy person about mm -hmm. any sort of thing, you will find references to that thing in this show. I can pretty much guarantee it. Yes. Agreed. 100%. Uh, yeah, it definitely fits into this audience. Go check it out. Go check out Matt because he does loads of lovely things. I will put all the details in the show notes. Have a look. Seek him out. Seek out his podcast. Seek out his book. Seek out his face. Seek it all out. Um, if you would like to contact the show, you can do so on social media at Geekdom Guide. 
you can find the website superdummy.co.uk slash geek. Is it slash geek? I've just said that. I can't even remember. You can find the website at superdummy.co.uk slash geek guide. I was close. Um, and yeah, tell us what you think we should talk about. Tell us who we should have on the show. I've been speaking to loads of lovely people and I can't wait to speak to more. Um, I'm rambling now. So thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next time. Thank you so much, Matt. We'll see you soon.